millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub science here to make things make sense. Today, we are talking about the Michael Moore-backed documentary, Planet of the Humans. It is extremely controversial. It's about uh, the environmental movement. Uh, We have a lot to say, so we might as well just start talking right now. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Great intro. Hey, I'm Mitch. Uh, Thank you. I'm that's our guy's so I'm Mitch. Oh, I'm Greg. And this is Side Note. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, I'm pretty good. How about you? It's a gray day. I feel like there's a lot of gray days happening in Toronto. For those of yeah. you, this little niche content for the Toronto listeners. Wow, the weather's been bad. Here mm. we are talking about the weather off the top, but what um, else do we do? I'm really excited to talk about this documentary Me because too. we watched it last night. We've heard all sorts of hype and controversy about it. We haven't really had a chance to talk about it. We said we obviously kind of exchanged some words last night, but we were like, let's save it for the pod. Save it for the pod. Which is what our relationship is now. We don't talk to each other. We go save it for the pod. And then once a week, we just let uh, it all out. <laughs> yeah, anything, anything <laughs> funny, anytime anything funny or good happens, we're like, shh. Save it for the pod. We just look at each other with, with these like intense eyes and we go, save it for the pod. It's truly, I just brought up weirdly, like to Greg, there's that moment from RuPaul's Drag Race where Pearl said that RuPaul told her never to speak to her unless the cameras were rolling. And that's kind of our relationship. So is that actually true? RuPaul isn't, RuPaul and Ellen are kind of like going down with this pandemic. Well, they're like, like people who were progressive for their time, but maybe aren't that progressive anymore. Yeah, because he's a fracker. We should do an episode about fracking. And just like... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, what the frack? Okay. Uh, uh, how is your week going, though? Um, it's you know, it's going. It's pretty good. We're still on lockdown. Barely leave our homes. Uh, life is a cage. Um, yeah. What about you? <laughs> uh, I've had a weird week, and I don't know if the weather is playing into it. Where I just feel that I've been in bed sleeping enough, but then I'm constantly tired. We, so I don't know if my sleep is just so much worse or something. Or we did eat a lot of pizza that's true we ordered pizza that lasted like the week and so maybe it is just like salt hangovers but we ordered pizza that lasted the week last week and then right when we finally (laughs) finished the pizza we're like that was really good to order more pizza so we've actually never stopped eating the pizza and the reason is because it was survivor finale and that's kind of like a really important moment for me in my life even though greg doesn't care so i was like yes on a wednesday we're gonna order some pizza (laughs) i'm surprised you didn't say when i said how is your week you didn't say fulfilled enriched checked all the boxes because it was for survivor finale i've never really seen you dance and like jump with glee and like knock over a lamp the way you did yeah but it's it's bittersweet because now it's over and now because of covid they can't film the next two seasons so who knows if we'll have a season in the fall 
Whoa. Yeah, so it they, might be the first time ever that Survivor hasn't ha- hasn't had a season since like 1972 or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Wow. Uh, okay. Anyway. Let's get into what we learned this week. Oh, what did we learn this week? Okay, I feel like I went last first. I went for, I feel like a last time I went first and you went last. I Let went me go first. I went <laughs> my god, okay, I can't okay. speak. What's happening? <laughs> okay, go. Okay. Mine is all about gardening today. Ooh, I love to garden. I have a green thumb. So there are two different studies that came out recently that are related to gardening and people working not working green spaces but having access to green spaces i think you kind of know where this is going to go because we can tell that it's going to be a positive thing but basically princeton researchers found that home gardening shows a similar benefit to people's when it comes to well-being and emotional benefit uh it was similar to biking walking and dining out they were trying to compare 15 different activities and they realized that when people had access to a green space that was emotionally satisfying for them and especially gardening gardening i believe they said that if you made a vegetable garden that was actually even more than uh like having an ornamental because it's like gardening with a function yeah and you feel so much more connected i think to the earth so it was still effective if you were planting flowers or planting just ornamental things to make your garden look nice but having access and and having a vegetable garden was even more important and then another study weirdly came out like within the same week um from the UK that found a similar thing. So it was increased physical and psychological well-being. Um, and the nice thing about both these studies is that I found it was equally as pronounced in groups that weren't as affluent um, and it didn't matter your what, age. What, as if you were more affluent, your gardening would be better Well, there's lots, of, there's lots of activities <clears throat> that um, are not accessible to everyone. Hmm. And there's lots of activities that have different... Um, let's say effects on different communities. So huh. based on your gender, based on your socioeconomic status, based on your race, based on where you live. And so they found it interesting. It, it all kind of comes back down to planning cities and realizing as cities become more dense and more populated, what things can city planners implement to make sure that the happiness and well-being of their citizens remains high. So community gardens, that's important because yeah. I mean, right now it's a little more tough in the COVID times, but yeah, like not everyone has access to having a garden if you live in a condo or an apartment. Mm-hmm. So community is that what you mean? Like community gardens are really important. Yeah, for it was a to mix. Have. It was um I think in a scale the community gardens was studied and it was always a positive effect. But similarly, like even with forests and nature, if you lived right beside it, it had a bigger, more pronounced effect. Well, everyone can go and get a pot and pot and plant exactly. some herbs. Yeah, it was just having access and, and having a space. And even yeah. if you weren't gardening, having access to greenery would make you happier. Yeah, I used to work at a nursery uh, for plants, not for little baby babies, goo goo gaga. And um, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, just like selling shrubs and trees, that's what my job was. I love that job, actually. But um, that is so nice. I weirdly, like, I know what? you, Greg takes care of most of the plants here, but I've just recently started watching so many YouTube videos about houseplants because I was trying to figure out something to do with our fig tree. And now YouTube's serving me up the plant videos. And I'm like, okay, I'm really into this. I do honestly think about when I garden, I always, I'm like, cause I know the science of it. I'm like, this is going to be, I, I, I like can check on my bullet journal, like meditated because I do find <laughs> it is very like. Yeah. Compared to something else like a run where I'm listening to a podcast about like how the world's going to end. Um, it's a lot more relaxing. But my point was more that you can you can have trees and shrubs and grow them on your apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, whether you're a little balcony or yeah. even indoors if you have enough light to support plants inside. It's just having in that space where you can feel kind of connected to nature. I think 
is a nice thing to remember in times like these where we are trapped inside and maybe can't go walk through parks as excessively. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I really feel like gardening has been a little bit of like a blessing in these times because we do have a front and back garden. And I feel so lucky to have that. Like literally the other day I was like digging and I just kept digging and like playing with worms. What? <laughs> like I just was like, it was, it was that just rained and there were so many worms and I was just kind of like, you know, so like, don't you think that's like torture to the worms no i was thinking like are they enjoying like, this i was, no, I was playing just, like, with the worms I was, hanging like, them from the sky no i was like petting <laughs> them and like yeah that's true i probably like exposed them to the surface and a robin came and just like fully ate them but that's also good for the robin um the okay circle of life. that's what i sing every time i see a robin just mow down uh, actually i recently was watching a robin eat a worm and it was interesting because it was playing with it and i was like oh you torturous evil being like i was just staring and it was like it kept flinging the worm in this like interesting way oh speaking of animals there's our dog kept flinging the worm and i was like are you torturing it but i realized it was just trying to get the perfect angle to make it literally slide down the hatch in one gulp it was fascinating it was just like it was just trying to get the right angle to fully swallow this giant worm anyways okay what did you learn this week so my uh study is came out this week and it's about how our brains consolidate memories uh, while sleeping. So this is something that like scientists and researchers have predicted for a long time. We've made videos about it, but they for the first time were actually able to prove it. And it's like really cool what they did. It was only on two participants. So not like a huge study, but it was an expensive complex thing that they did where they attached electrodes to Ernie. He's, <laughs> He's trying, trying to Ernie. Come over the camera. Ernie, come Ernie. over here. He's sorry. Ba- yeah. Sorry. Sorry, listeners. Sit. Sorry, listeners. Um, they attacked, they attached electrodes to the head of two people and they made them do a task similar. Do you remember the game Simon where you'd, you'd be like, beep, burp. And then you go like beep, oh, boop, and then that like, game, beep, like, beep, Simon says. Beep, beep. It's just called Simon. No, it was called Simon. But I mean, it was di- it was based on the concept of Simon says, where oh, it's like weird. doing. But um, they made people do that, but they were actually able to connect electrodes to their brain, so they wouldn't have to actually press any buttons. They just had to think about the button they were pressing on the screen, and the cursor Whoa, would go to it. Cool. Like they they had this pretty advanced technology. They would make them do those tasks, then they would rest, and while they were resting, they noticed that the same neurons that were firing while they were doing the task fired while they were sleeping Cons- like so it's kind of uh, saying they're like when, practicing in their sleep yes it's they again it's like science very nuanced they don't go as far as say right as saying practicing like okay. but they notice the patterns mm-hmm. of while they were asleep like your brain is maybe like consolidating the that yes. firing pattern and that's why often you get better at things after you've like slept on them right? yeah so you just did all the things that they said at the Not tail <laughs> no no at the tail end this is uh, like what they think but they weren't able to you can't fully like include pr- it but yes. it's like insinuating or it's, yes possibly why this is happening yeah they were able to like neurologically see that when someone does a very simple mundane task and then they sleep after when they're sleeping their brain fires very similar to the task that they just did so anyways i thought that was fascinating obviously this is the type of research and like studies that i think there's going to be more and more of in the future i think a lot of people are obviously so interested in dreams and dreaming and neurology and the science is starting to get there so i just thought that was cool and i and i really do think you're right we might as well extrapolate as science communicators because i think it gets people excited if you're learning something new again in quarantine something i really encourage everyone to do it slows down time 
sleeping is going to help you, it seems, sort of mm-hmm. ensure that what you've learned becomes something that is like... Oh, more, there's a lot of research on that yeah. too. Outside of necessarily physically seeing it when they get people to study for eight hours straight versus four hours and sleeping and then four hours. Like they've done all these variations oh, yeah. where okay. they realize that sleeping... Yeah, yeah w- sleeping actually helps consolidate those memories. So you giving yourself time to sleep between learning sessions is actually much more effective, even if you're studying for the exact same amount of time. Anyways, that's cool. I love that's sleep. Really cool. Speaking of watches, yeah. just go to it. I'm <laughs> I wish I could do that on command. Study time. Study time. Study time. Oh my okay. God. Okay, I, there's a lot go. to talk oh. about. So I think we should give some context of the movie just for anyone who hasn't seen it. Basically, it's a documentary. It is not directed by Michael Moore, but I believe he's an executive producer on it. And his name, I think, is very important because right now it has 7.7 million views and on And is it on YouTube. his YouTube channel or where does yeah, it exist? it okay. is on his YouTube channel. That's interesting. That's so like, an important he obviously has helped to, yeah, he's put his name on it, co-signed it. Um, and basically the documentary is called Planet of the Humans. You can watch it on YouTube. And... The premise is looking at the climate activist movement. I would say renewable energy. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 Sorry. It's looking at renewable energies and people's belief about it and where it's at. And the kind of setup is this guy being like, you know, I am an environmentalist. Because loved... I put sand. Okay. I need to stop. Anyway, I'm giving the premise that <laughs> okay. the movie gives you, which is that he is an environmentalist <laughs> after all these years. Now he's come across some new information that's made him realize the environmental movement might kind of be a sham. And so, that it's just driven by capitalists who are tricking people and ultimately they have yeah that's kind okay, of okay but like kind of, i do think that like i'm trying to think what is actually the logline of this movie before you've watched it because you kind of also like i think we both are going to have a hard time explaining like what someone would say i guess you're right it is a, it, but it only it's, it's trying to say the environmental movement is not what you think it is yes okay that is that is i think you're right that was like maybe what the question would be if there was a poster for it mm-hmm. Like, things aren't what they seem in the world of the environmental movement. Okay, yeah, you're right. So, so how do we... Like, is that all that people need to know? Like, how else do you talk about this movie before Well, we have a it? lot of... I mean, at least I conglomerated a handful of studies and Me information. Too. I kind of broke this down for myself into the things that I thought were positive about the documentary and then the things... That I actually I thought we're negative. I did a little. You can tell that we're like clamoring, like to like trying to explain this. <laughs> Where do we start? I did a bit of an overview, so maybe I'll explain that. It okay. kind of goes through the movie step by step of okay. what they say, and then let's get into like the, our reactions and like the, okay. okay. So he starts by saying that overpopulation is obviously a huge issue. That's how it kind of starts. There's this like image from space showing Earth with all the lights on at night, very much making you think, wow, okay, there's a lot of humans alive right now. That's true. Mm -hmm. But really at the beginning, that seems like a strong point. Like you Mm -hmm. might think, oh, this is a movie about overpopulation. Then it moves into talking about wind and solar and how they're kind of, um, they fall apart, like they... They, it, they're so costly from an environmental perspective that like maybe wind and solar aren't what you think they are, mm-hmm. but it kind of, it ties into, you know, and it also often takes to make a solar panel, like a gas and coal powered machinery and yes. uh, resources from the earth that are actually destroying the earth. Again, and, like true, but it mostly just says that it yeah, doesn't it really doesn't, say much yeah. else. It, it really does a lot of visuals of like broken down. Mm-hmm. They go to a solar farm, which is really quite old footage is what one of the when we're going to get into the critiques of this movie anyways they go to a solar farm that's sort of like decrepit and it makes mm-hmm. you think okay that is bad then it moves on to biomass which is like the concept of um 
they really focus on the concept of burning wood chips and trees in order to create energy, which is, again, something that is worth talking about. It is a big issue. It does, you know, wood chips are being shipped to Europe all the time. European countries do this a lot. It is in some respects called a renewable energy. But I think at that point of the movie, it really starts to focus on biomass. Like it kind yeah. of like ends the solar panel uh, wind turbine discussion quite quickly. And then it focuses on biomass for a majority of the movie to the point that I almost think this movie could have been called like biomass. Mm. Bad idea. Like that was like, that's the main bread and butter of the movie. And then it kind of goes into some of the environmental leaders and they're, you know, like mixing with industry and capitalism. Then it ends kind of on just like the destruction of the Amazon. And I would say there is no real obvious thesis. It's kind of just like, all Their thesis ends up being that we need we shouldn't be focusing on green technology as a solution because it's actually a farce. It's not a solution. And they don't and offer any over, solution. The only solution, no, not a solution, but their only thing is actually like overpopulation is the problem we should be focusing on and and minimizing consumption as individuals. Yeah, but it's but it, you're totally right, but it never is like clear. It's never like written out in a way that makes me think like you could probably watch it and think there's voiceover that says those things, but you're yeah. right. It doesn't all, it, it leads to that. It's, it starts by it's being messy. It's a messy conclusion. Yeah. Okay. Messy I think we okay, just let's need go. to talk let's about go. this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that's the movie in a nutshell. I, I think say. it's probably clear from our tone that it was not that good of a film. And I think it had some compelling moments and I, I won't go as far to say that everything was awful. I do think there are some important messages and I don't think this movie was intended to destroy the environmental movement or the green energy movement, but it just comes at it from a really wrong perspective. So the things I will say that were positive, we should minimize consumption as humans. That is a major problem is that yeah. as a species, we are obsessed with consuming, consuming, consuming and taking resources from the earth and wanting more and more and spreading and spreading. And so obviously that's like a massive problem that has led to where we are today, where the earth can't sustain what we're doing to it. For that's sure. a fair point. They don't really talk about that or how we can do that or what, you know, the, te- the steps to take to accomplish that. It's just that's their thesis. And then the other thing I found interesting is that we should be aware of movements that are being hijacked for profit and sort of be vigilant in terms of there may be some bad players who realize the, the movie kind of tells us about different oil execs and the Koch brothers. How do you say their name? Coke. Coke. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I saw, okay. The, the Koch brothers. brothers. <laughs> oh my God. The Koch brothers is so much better for them. Anyway. Actually, so no. they allegedly they they fund them. certain initiatives that make like, uh, was it, solar panel glass and things like but that right it, the connections are very vague. yeah they're vague but and yes, they just yes. mentioned them but yeah. that's his point is like these companies that are doing the bad oil and gas stuff are actually sneaking into this industry and then profiting off of that and making it greenwashing it to make it seem like those versions of their companies are Which is leading the revolution compa- those were compelling arguments yeah and, and that's were, what i they mean were interesting. and and they are not really explored that deeply but interesting enough to say that i don't disagree with that if that's yeah. true we should constantly be questioning who we're listening to and what we're buying into and what we're funding and supporting from individual and government levels um and that we can't simply rely on tech to save us i thought was an interesting perspective that got brought up a couple of times because that is something i've had to resolve with myself to think that i have this optimistic personality and um not necessarily personality, but spirit inside of me. That's like, no, like we will find solutions. Like humans can do it. But I think we're seeing with the pandemic, it's like a harsh reality where 
we can't just whip up a vaccine in the same way that we just can't just fix and have technology ready when the world starts falling apart from climate change. And so I thought that was some interesting points of the film. Yeah. And I, I think that is an interesting, like you're bringing up a cool, interesting tension within us. I think sometimes I'm like, you are really, you are really optimistic. And I think sometimes I can be pessimistic in like the views of the world. But then I think sometimes when people meet us, like I'm usually like the happy, like peppy, you're mm-hmm. also obviously very happy, but I'm like, I think that's an interesting like thing to be thinking about as we talk about this. Cause it, it really is a movie talking about, huge huge philosophical debates that we are going to continue to have to have as humans because of the climate crisis part of my frustration with this movie is it really wanted to have a stake in that discussion with not very much evidence or scientific backed reasoning so straight up it felt like a youtube conspiracy video if i'm being honest not not fully but the way it was presented, there were times when I was like, "I okay, that's an interesting thing you just said. Why aren't you now exploring it or actually explaining it? If we want to get into like the feeling of the movie, which I think you're totally like nailing it. It's like it's designed very effectively to make you feel something, which I do think we notice as YouTubers happens a lot with YouTube and it can be really sketchy because it's like you can really convey a lot of meaning with like the swelling of music and yeah and kind of picking sound bites and what i found it did a lot that i didn't like is it tried to have like gotcha moments so there's a couple like famous very Michael activists Moore. yeah yeah but and it's very sort of youtube to me where people yeah. want to have that moment where they go they go up in an interview or it's the internet like think of those people who like go up to people and try and catch them off guard with the question that they're not prepared to answer yeah and so i found that frustrating where it was like it's not I'm not saying your question's illegitimate it's just you're trying to catch someone when they they aren't necessarily prepared to talk about this thing or to address this doesn't mean that they're hiding something there's certainly as people who want to talk about environmentalism or or other issues we care about i'm not every second prepared to have like my studies in line and pull them just out of my head like that but interestingly they they really did not quote any studies they really Mm. there was no information ever on screens they used a pie chart once which has been debunked debunked heavily ever since because it's outdated information but they it's it's you're it's fully uh in my opinion like a poorly crafted essay that i might have made like if I didn't know a lot of people were going to watch it in, in university or something like it didn't ever come together with like a clear statement. There was a mm-hmm. lot of really disturbing imagery, which works. It does work. It makes you, when you see the last 10 minutes was weirdly a, a type of ape in an arbitrary forest that's being cut down, mm-hmm. struggling for its life. It's really hard to watch. And I really felt at that point, I can't imagine. It's like manipulative. How could someone not watch this and be so furious with the filmmaker because it's so manipulative and it really, I was paying full attention knowing I was trying to understand this movie. I had no idea what the the point was. I didn't know where it was. I didn't know why we were watching this other than of course that's bad and I don't want that to happen. But what are you telling me I should now do? Do other than and also, be mad at environmentalists, which is like a really, ugh, okay. At that moment, I had that same thought where I, so they have this like monkey, I don't know, uh, suffering. We don't know what from. And I was just, they're swelling music. And I was thinking of planet 
um, Planet Earth. That's what yeah. that series is called, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why my brain I was thinking of the, what is it, the Planet Earth? The Planet Earth. Earth. <laughs> um, and how they make shows, because it reminded me of that, because it was music with an animal that was going through something. But then I was like, no, but Planet Earth really tells you a story. When it shows you footage, they give you context. They build the narrative so yeah. you understand where you are, what's happening, why it's happening. And then that really ties in the emotion. That can be a really powerful tool. Like, I don't want to say documentaries can't play to your heartstrings, because sometimes that is really powerful to motivate people towards activism but this is just showing you and not really giving you context so i think now would be a good time to go in i have a list of things here that were actually inaccurate like about some movie that is important that people hear and know and i really think if people i encourage people to not watch this movie but if you really want to watch this movie you can but you people need to know these things and i actually think we need to make a strong push to make youtube take this video down or at least have michael moore and and the filmmaker come out and explain themselves because at the end of the day, a lot of scientists and people who actually are listening to the science are furious. And if you go online, furious is the wrong works. It's so emotional are just very simply stating why this film is wrong. So one thing that I think really like can tear at people's heartstrings, like like in, in a similar kind of manipulative way that they use is that they do this scene at like an environmentalist gathering and like, the woods somewhere like it's very i think probably vermont they focus on vermont a lot and they kind of show i what frustrated me too is it's like it's easy to make fun of for people who are like environmentalists in a way you know it's very white people like don't have shoes on they're dancing in the rain like it's just to me it's like an easy target it reminds me of the way people make fun of vegans which i find frustrating because it's like yes of course there's extreme people who might make you feel bad because you eat meat but in general being a vegan is an extremely like it requires a lot of willpower mm, there are it's, sacrifices. it's pretty selfless I, it's self i'm just like if you're a vegan i i i have to honor that even maybe you say something annoying whatever fine but why has that narrative been so hijacked like mm-hmm. why can't we just get around the fact that like people who are vegan it's very impressive and i really thank you it's like a similar thing where it's like it's easy to make fun of these like white hippies like vibes like it's just such an it's just such a punching down thing to me yeah at this point it's not that interesting yeah so that actual footage was from 2005 and so Mm. for context that's two years before the apple iphone was literally invented that's insane i didn't know it was that old i had read that some footage came from 10 years ago so that's from 2005 that's 15 years old they really make you think that it's from like last year and their point is that because it starts raining they actually can no longer power uh the stage which is like putting on a performance at this festival with solar panels that's 15 years ago the amount of progress and the efficiency of solar panels today is staggering compared to then Mm. you they're making it seem like you wouldn't be able to do that now it doesn't really necessarily matter yeah that's just setting up the precedent for manipulating and it has been so clear even in the last two years we're constantly hearing how rapidly the environmental renewable energy source like uh, is growing you know what I mean? Like as, as a field of like solar power, solar panels and how efficient they've become over the years and wind turbines. And the, the, there's been so much change in the last two years, let alone 15 before the iPhone. That's crazy. I know, I know, I know. And so 
Europe passed the 14% tipping point in 2017, getting 15% of their electricity generation from solar and wind. That's something that is never talked about in this movie. They really try and make it seem like what's happening in Germany is that they're secretly just burning coal and not using wind and solar. But really, the up-to-date research, which is from 2017, there's obviously even more recent stuff happening, but like it takes a while to gather the information, is that it's so much higher than they ever let you know. And when they go to that decrepit solar panel section, that's a specific, that was in transition. What it, it wasn't actually shutting down, which they make it seem. What they were doing was actually realizing that was the out-of-date technology from 1984. They were getting rid of it, and they were re-updating it, and now it's an extremely efficient solar mm powered uh, production company, SEGS 1 and SEGS 2. It's like in DACA or DAGA is the name of it. Like the, the scientists were like, this is actually so problematic right. because they're making so it seem like people are just making wind farms and solar farms left, right and center and then just like leaving them when they realize that they don't actually work, which is not true. And the decrepit um, wind farm are these famous, uh, it's a famous like imagery from 10, over 10 years ago in Hawaii that has been used before. Like Hmm. these arguments aren't, uh, they're old arguments that were valid at a time, but solar uh, power and wind power has progressed so much recently Mm -hmm. that the discussion is completely different. And they really, in this movie, make it seem like it's happening right now when really it's all footage and a lot of narratives from over a decade ago, which is frustrating. There's no dates ever said anywhere. That's true. And I think that to me is really scary and sad. Because it makes it's you like, wonder, you go, well, okay, then you must have been trying to mislead us then, right? When, they it, they had to Yeah, because it's one thing to have old footage and to be like, oh, to, to build a narrative over a long course of time. Some documentaries do take many many years to make but yeah to imply especially in a field that's developed and so rapidly that it's just all modern day i had no idea when this took place i assumed it was within the last two years and even people were online saying that the car the electric car that was 10 years ago yeah it was literally a 10 year old car okay it's it's so i actually like i have a hard time getting not really (laughs) angry because there's this really integral scene where they're at the gm motors in in detroit they show it and they're they're unleashing the Chevy Volt, which is t- this this exact thing happened ten years ago. And then now, when I think about it, I'm like, the way she was styled, it's so oh, yeah, you're they like, <laughs> lo- it looks old. But I just thought, oh, they're like nerds. I'm like I don't know. I'm like I'm like like it's actually funny because like her glasses are like those thin kind of like Bella Hadid glasses, which I like it's so long ago that fashions come full it's circle like, that it's like cycled it's over. Like, yeah, it's like cool now, and it's like in no way was like a nerd like environmentalist wearing those cool glasses of now. Like she was wearing <laughs> ugly glasses of then. Anyways, that was ten years ago. Mm. To to compare. Uh, a, the grid, the grid has changed. It has uh, updated a lot uh, in the sense that at the time they were like, we think it's a bunch of coal, but like coal, coal plants have been closing across America because it's not a viable energy option for a variety of reasons. It's not economic. It's not efficient and it's bad for the environment. So I that say, is a debunk argument. And okay. <laughs> these tactics are why conspiracy theories spread so what he has done or this documentary has done has taken kernels of truth and conversations that are legitimate it's it's important for us to say are electric vehicles really like good source like are they good to use if they're just pulling their energy from our grid that's completely dirty energy valid yeah a really interesting thing that we should all think about but to suggest that there has been 
no, no improvement yeah, is frustrating. is the trick because they're hooking you in with something that's a really important thing that environmentalists should care about and do they do care and about. do but then there's lots of people who will watch this and go oh my god that is so true and and I didn't realize it was so bad. I would have thought. I always hear California does so well on their grid and blah, blah, blah. And this movie makes it sound like that just hasn't happened at all. And in fact, it's all a big sham by corporate greed that's just making it look like it is. And they, he really villainizes Bill McKibben. Um, and he, to be... Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fair. It is in the history. Bill McKibben is a really uh, important activist in the environmental movement. And in 2016, he really did say, in my opinion, some problematic things about the concept of biomass. And I think really... Well, okay, so since 2016, he has come out and re- he regrets it. He has mm-hmm. talked openly about like the mistakes that he has made. Biomass, for example, it only contributes 2% of the U.S. electricity mix. You would not understand that from watching this movie. You right. would think that like biomass was this, was like a way larger portion of the grid in America because of the way the movie is designed to freak you out. Mm-hmm. In, an, in an effective documentary that I do not think it would be as conspiratorial as this. They would allow Bill McKibben to speak, to speak <laughs> and they don't. They and not take re- literally five second sound bites where he might have stumbled his words. Yeah, they they catch him off guards. It's really hard to watch this movie without thinking like, what a frustrating character. So I also read that McKibben responded to them after this was. Um, oh my god! I would just. Oh my god! Yeah. After okay. it was released, I guess, or at some point he had seen it or heard about it, and they did not respond back to him. So he was like, "This just feels like it's done not in good faith because I have I have changed my mind on a lot of things. I have grown. Blah blah blah. These are the things that I leave now." And he was never given not for the documentary necessarily, but to actually have a conversation with them was never given the chance to defend himself uh, fairly. And that happens a lot. There are these weird moments where they cut to arbitrary people who actually. Don't don't have any explanation of who they are. They are people who he has found obviously at what seems like a green energy conference like rally or something. Oh yeah. The conference yeah. could have been at any based on the types of footage that he uses. Some of it like 15 years ago, 10 years ago, it could have been at any point in the last like 10 to 15 years. And they say these arbitrary points, but they never explain who they are and they never give any context. These people like, if essentially, if you go to a conference about renewable energy, we know this as people who think about this all the time, there are a lot of views. There, There is not a consensus right now. Things have moved way further than this movie would ever allow you to imagine. But you can, of course, find different um, 
stances on things. That's part mm-hmm. of why it's so fascinating, part of why it's so exciting right now, because it's people trying to figure out how we can survive on this planet. It's so important. But to me, as someone who's been in those settings, I'm like, of course I could walk into this giant conference and find and cherry pick whatever I want to hear from some random person and put it in a movie. Mm-hmm. That's not hard to do. And it, it, it really frustrated me. I'm like, who are these people? And they're telling the thesis of your yeah. movie. So two things. It, it just made me realize that business attire has not evolved at all. And that's because like, everywhere yeah. they go, everyone's wearing like suits and ties or like, <laughs> like business suits or whatever you know what and I mean environmentalists they the same, don't, so you can't tell and they don't have like fashion vibes like any environmentalist has looked the same since the 90s till now like, yeah. you know what I mean there's so many white dudes with like <laughs> decrepit hair and like, beards yeah, that's what they still look like yeah and you're like okay that could be now that could be 2002 um, I also have a list that I didn't make I found online I didn't count this but of the people interviewed that I kind of want to say okay so 25 yes. festival attendees group leaders and event organizers were interviewed okay. so this is one where it, we don't also so half the time they'll get told who they are, what their background is, even what their name is half the time. 20 random people off the street were interviewed. 13 job fair booth attendants and marketers. Eight hikers and walking tour guides. Five utility, construction, and logging employees. Three psychologists, two college kids, two authors. Their books are pl- their book plugs are included. One ecologist, one zookeeper. There's no scientists oh interviewed. There's no God. engineers interviewed. Oh, my God, that is such a good list because that is exactly like we could have maybe like summarized our anger and just been like, there were no scientists interviewed. Drop the mic and this podcast. Mm-hmm. In fact, I kind of want to edit out everything we said prior to this and <laughs> just, just say just that the podcast. because that is exactly the issue. The science is not there. There is no scientific studies. There's weird pie charts. And then you're right. It's festival attendees. Be, it's essentially and, like and being often, made fun of. <laughs> yeah, or taken advantage of because they're often young people and he's going, do you believe that we should be using biomass to create our energy? That means they're destroying all these trees and using the the like mulch of the tree to burn and make power. And I think if you don't know anything about that, I don't know really about biomass. I would, of course, be like, I, I don't know anything about it, but it sounds not good. I don't think we should be clear-cutting forests and destroying forests because and and in the show they say like if we cut all the trees down in America you could power us for one, one year. year and so if someone said that to me yeah I don't know much about biomass and I it's only two percent of the power grid like, yeah that's the other so, thing they don't ever explain the context and there are this is one other thing that kind of drove <laughs> me crazy especially after doing research is that. They're clumping renewable energy sources together that most environmentalists do not clump together. So, yes, biomass is a type of renewable energy, but people wouldn't necessarily consider it a clean source. Like, it has its benefits, but there are definitely legitimate uh, concerns and critiques of it that, you know, we're obviously burning something. Something I found interesting, which I didn't really think about, that is not addressed at all in the movie with regards to biomass. So, when you burn a tree... Yes, you're releasing carbon into the air, but it's carbon that has already been cycled in the sense that it's been in the air and into trees and then in the ocean. It's carbon that's already existed. As opposed to fossil fuels. Yeah, fossil fuels, you're taking carbon out of the ground, and that is what contributes to more carbon in our atmosphere than would be otherwise. They don't, and, and I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, even it doesn't just a scientific mean that burning trees is a good yeah. thing. It just means that they're they're not really telling you the whole story. Yeah, and they're not explaining, like, that. even that as much as, I uh, 
I really have issues with the concept of biomass. Like I, as someone who is trying to figure out these things, really do believe in solar and wind and nuclear. Like I have to figure these things out for myself. And biomass has never been something that I think is like that effective. And it really, again, isn't used in use on mass, no pun intended, in the way that it's portrayed in this movie. Mm. But it's like at least explain to people what it is because they never right. really do. They just show trees getting chopped down. Yeah. And you're like, of course I don't want, want that. Trees like, like, down. It's just yeah. like, oh, but I, I and and I just wanted to finish my thought sorry. of saying those aren't like wind and solar are in a different category than that. There are sort of clean sources that are actually fully renewable. Like the sun's energy, like we can be using that and we're not categorizing. Environmentalists aren't saying that those are equivalent and that we should be necessarily investing equally into all of those things. And it's the same with gas. So most environmentalists don't consider gas as a renewable environmental movement forward. Yes, it might be better than oil and fossil fuels, but it's still like something that's maybe helping us transition. But more and more every day, like solar and wind are becoming way more viable options. And they're becoming so efficient so quickly. Photovoltaic cells have become so cheap. They are cheaper and more efficient than coal, than fossil fuels. That is statistically and scientifically proven. We will put links in the freaking description because we have been reading these studies for a long time. And in the last two years, the last two years have been extremely pertinent to this move movement and this movie has ignored them. Mm -hmm. And so I think that is the that can bring me to another thing where I think, who is this movie for? And this movie really has just given ammunition to anyone who... I mean, the Heartland Institute was tweeting about it. If you are someone Breitbart who, was using the argument. Like, from I it. can't fathom what michael moore or anyone was thinking to like i watched this movie and i'm just like i would hate i would leave this movie you... and hate environmentalism if i hadn't uh read and spin a science communicator for a living i would just watch this and be like yeah okay you know what i actually think fossil fuels are better than renewable energy that's the only thing the i can think from of it, the, yeah. the thesis of this movie and then i'm like here we are in this pandemic with so much horrible news. Like while I was watching it, I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like I couldn't believe what I was watching. And because that it's been seen by so many people and obviously stirred a controversy, but uh, I don't know. It's just like how many people are choosing to read the scientists rebuttals? Like not enough. Like and that's I, why I'm scared. I'm like, this needs to be like taken down. Like I just have to wonder Michael Moore generally is a fairly progressive left-leaning person. I mean, I, yes, I don't know whether course. he said controversial and things that are maybe messed or manipulated things in the past. Sure. But I mean, he must be aware that even like the alt-right is using these talking points now. Big they are? oil. Yeah. Like a website like Bar Breitbart. Oh my God. Yeah. Is okay. using this and clinging onto these arguments that, yeah, yeah, it's futile. We should just, it's better to be burning fossil fuel in the first place than making, using fossil fuels to make these things and then needing them to run on gas and blah, blah, blah. Like they make it sound like you actually waste more by even trying to go into the green energy sector on top of this whole conspiratorial thinking of like, and all these rich people are just tricking you. It's, and it also, even like there's one point where he makes a joke about the smart grid. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah, and the smart grid. And I'm like, that's actually such a valid point right now, which is mm. the concept of the internet, even like something like 5G, which our new video is about. Like that type of technology is really important because it is essentially 
can create data transfer to be fast enough to actually have renewable energy to get onto a smart grid, the internet of things, to work together and become so much more efficient that I actually do believe, and I am trying to explain with science that there is a hope for the future to and the grid of America, of Canada, of a lot of places around the world, including Germany and China, where there's crazy strides being made already to actually have this happen, where the internet is an essential aspect of making renewable energy work and efficient as a grid. And he kind of laughs about it for it's one like, did second. Did the internet exist in 2005? I, exactly. <laughs> I was like, the, the iPhone wasn't even out during some of the main, like the some main thesis of, points yeah. of your movie. So you're obviously ignoring the internet. And that is a really important part of this conversation. And I just, I, I am like... I mean, I know that we've said a bunch of words and I just like don't know if I'm going to be able to get over this for a while. And I don't know mm -hmm. if that's part of the reason. Like if someone was listening to this, would they be like crazy lefty environmentalists like couldn't handle the heat? About us? Yeah, I'm trying to think like that's the energy of someone who would watch this, mm. who, who loved this movie. They'd be like, right. they couldn't handle couldn't it. couldn't deal with the actual facts. But I'm like the facts and there were there's no scientists interviewed. Like yeah. even the psychologist he interviews isn't a scientist and it's someone talking about the fact that we all can't deal with our own mortality. And I'm like, that's a different movie. Interesting, like fascinating right. conversation. But yeah. where is that even fitting in with this? It, oh my God. I'm so, so obviously this has been a very tense podcast. I know. I'm like, that's what I mean. I'm like, how do you even end something how do we, like this? Let's, well, I think we should have take a little break, have a comment corner for some lighthearted. Oh yeah, I forgot we were like doing Lighthearted moment. We'll come back. I have many things still left I want to talk about in address. Okay, good, good. But this will hopefully give us a little sense of like, <laughs> yeah, breather. Comment corner. <laughs> So, okay, Greg, uh, give us a comment I that's hopefully positive. That music just made me want to cry. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you're going to cry. I actually going to cry. This is from Faded Hickey, which I like. Oh, it's like recently made love. I once got a hickey in high school and my parents asked me what it was. And I said, I walked into a pole. <laughs> and do you think they were like, our son thinks we're dumb? Or do you think they were like, oh, oh. No, I think if I see that, like, like if I see my kid with a hickey, that's so funny. I think I would just ignore it actually no you're actually i would totally be like what's on your neck oh my god i don't know never mind never mind <laughs> i think sometimes parents are don't know though because i'm like how did you not know i was gay like i for sure thought you were just playing along this whole time <laughs> oh i'm so excited to be a parent and like actually understand all these things you know what i mean yeah. and like realize like oh when yeah you, oh, when you're just like i'm just not yeah they're like every it. kid does like weird gay shit all the yeah, time true. you know what i mean okay. all right faded hickey amazing also kids like don't give each other hickeys though. it's <laughs> painful all right Love this podcast for a feel good and feel good. <laughs> Sorry, not today. For a feel good, informative moment. The guys are so upbeat and, <laughs> and <laughs> usually we're upbeat and open minded. I'm from Toronto and love the Canadian Woo! representation and shout outs. I've learned so much and laughed so hard listening over the last year on it's called support from toronto that's so nice and well, I, thank you faded hickey <laughs> yeah and i'm so sorry i know you probably weren't laughing today because it's not well there might have been moments but yeah i think we're we're both feeling very tense because of but this. we love that you're from toronto and we love toronto so yes. much and i know we make that clear and that makes me happy and so. it means so much anytime someone leaves reviews or comments both on itunes and youtube so thank you guys so much for listening shall we get back into the tense moment speaking of al gore who's mentioned a lot in this like it helps the al gore rhythm oh <laughs> okay. Or does it? Okay. 
Okay, I'm so pissed. <laughs> um, no, but I really, really am. But you can go. <laughs> I just have a few other sort of fact-checking moments that I wanted to go over. So <laughs> the guy McKibben that we've talked about. That Bill they kinda, McKibben. Bill yeah. McKibben, they paint as sort of the villain they of the movie. They make him look so dumb. Um, <laughs> so not only did he respond... He he had started an organization called Sierra Club, which is meant to be an environmentalist group. Which and is ripped apart. Yeah, movie. they kind of rip it apart, suggesting that its funders come from XYZ or unknown sources and things like that. So I just wanted to point out, because they kind of blame the Sierra Club for a, do, lot. A, lot, a lot of things. But it was like, I was looking up some statistics. The Sierra Club stopped construction of 200 coal plants and pushed to retire 300. And then the movie goes on to blame them for the expansion of gas because... Natural gas. Of natural gas, yeah. yeah. Whereas online I was reading some interesting articles that were like, that that's not... Like, they don't get to decide which plants open. They were just pushing for the closure of these sort of coal sources that are dirtying up and putting more carbon into our atmosphere. And so it's just like important to remember, like why are we blaming them for natural gas expansion when they have explicitly been and actively opposed natural gas expansion. And I think there is a world where this movie would have been fascinating and something that would have been really helpful for the world. If done balanced involved scientists, because it's true. It's like, I do think that it is an interesting thing to think about mm-hmm. how we actually take capitalism and take the environmental movement and figure out how in a way to move forward. Like that's going to require so much nuance. That's going to require so many brains to be thinking about this, to come up with like the best way to do this, that it's so disappointing because th- this many eyeballs watching a different movie that's actually well-researched, up-to-date, mm-hmm. involving scientists and balanced with Michael Moore's name on it could have been so really incredible and impactful because that, though, like, they get, there's kernels of things where I'm like, ooh, this is, like, what yeah. I want to talk about, which is, like, Getting yeah. to the nuance of where we, it's, like, bring, it could bring the environmental movement to the next stage where we're not just talking about the obvious. Like, we need to use more renewable yeah, energy. Like it's, that like, is like, yeah. it's like, interesting to yeah. go into the phase where we go, like, let's Wait. make sure when yeah. we're doing it, we're not being taken advantage of and as soon as we bring in money we can bet that people are going to want to exploit this and so we should talk about that like that yes, is an interesting exactly. conversation they, they, and that if is... the cock brothers are involved <laughs> like we should talk about yeah that. and like i honestly think that the way that america functions and the way capitalism functions there's it, of course there's going to be fascinating really you know upsetting c- scenarios where capitalism and the Koch brothers are probably making cock, 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 <laughs> like the cock brothers, <laughs> the cock brothers making the glass on solar panels is fascinating. And that is a, a worthy discussion, but mixed in this documentary, it's like, it ends up just being another like manipulative way to make you hate this environmental movement and to actually just give up on any type of like hope for the future really it really makes you be like okay well what's the point i might as well just go like get a private jet and use fossil fuels because at the end of the day there's really no hope except for okay wait you had a lot more i i don't know why i just found all this like keep going i feel like wait what i feel like you have a lot more like actual information you want to say Oh, okay, okay. No, okay. I, I have a handful of things, but I feel like I'm just repeating things we've okay. already said. Because one thing I want to say that is actually like really messed up, and they have been called out for, and they responded. This is a 
Jeff Gibbs, the guy who made it, responded by being like, I didn't mean this, but I'm like... Mean what? Okay, so when they talk about overpop, they really start, Mm. and kind of the only through-line thesis at the beginning and the end of the movie is that overpopulation of humanity is, is unsustainable, and because that's their kind of their um, yo-yo to we need to minimize consumption. And as a result, population expansion is a problem. Yes. And so this like I'm going to go into whatever you can say, identity politics or whatever. I'm very it's open not, with no, the way this... that I feel about the world. And I do. So the um, when you look at the world and you look at who is and something they should have talked about in this movie, who is consuming the most energy and where emissions are coming from. It is majority North America, America, Canada has some of the worst oil consumption in the world. These are a majority like per capita use by people. Like we probably waste so much more energy as individuals than the vast majority of this world. Okay. Literally we can like, I've found the statistics on this cause we made a video about it. Canada is extremely bad. America, mm-hmm. Canada and America are two of some of the worst places in the world, worse than Europe. Uh, the UK For, is up there. Yeah. Yeah. These are white majority nations that have really low populations. And uh, population growth. Even if they're like America is a huge country, obviously, but it's not where we're like, there is where the population's exploding. No, in fact, we actually, as as Canadians, Canada needs immigrants because we have an aging population. And if without immigrants, like our economy would be toast. Mm-hmm. So we are not the places where this where the concept of overpopulation is an issue. It's but we are the places where we are causing the problems related to the with the climate crisis. crisis. Exactly. And so just by blanket saying that overpopulation is an issue, obviously you're going to make people start to think about places like India, places like China, places where people aren't white. And also places like India where they consume per person way less energy. So to not ever make the... Uh, correlation between that statement at the beginning. Like your population control measures are obviously insinuating that the countries that are having huge population booms are the problem when in fact they are not the ones contributing exactly. nearly as much. Is extremely, I'm going to say it, fucked up. Because that is making people, that is cre- like that is where you start to get into the territory of le- legitimately stoking racist ideas. And, I, and, and the fact that it was never brought up how many how much people consume per capita in different countries and blanket talking about the overpopulation of humanity i I, my face is red right now and i i genuinely think is extremely extremely messed up Mm -hmm. and i really also think that if i want to get even more into the identity politics of this movie it is a bunch of white dudes being interviewed like they're they're, it's it's pretty crazy like how like it, it, it makes fun of white dudes and then it uses white dudes to back up their points. It's just like, there's not a diverse array of people at all. I mean, it's like just, maybe if there was one person of color being interviewed, they might have realized that's a conversation that should be had when they're talking about population control. Like it's a bit of a weird thing to talk about. I honestly have no idea how that was not thought of or like how you could ever make a movie about the environmental movement without discussing the, consumption patterns of people around the world because it's like we need to understand that it is the richest people who are the biggest consumers and the biggest emitters of uh fossil fuels and the big sorry the biggest consumers of fossil fuels the biggest emitters of co2 that is a fact how can you make a movie like this without ever talking about that it it, it i am as someone who grew up in like 
you know, I was a little like ad, I used to read Adbusters and like Michael Moore, like Bowling for Columbine. Like I would go see those movies like opening night. Like I, I was compelled to think about ways that we challenge the system. I'm just so disappointed and confused about Michael Moore and Tom York. The and, fact that they used Radiohead uh, song in this, I was like, does he know? That was weird. Like, like I'm just like, what? Great song though. <laughs> this is your opportunity, and I'm looking down the barrel of the camera, Michael Moore. You will probably never hear this or never see this. <laughs> if you got 50 minutes into this podcast, Michael Moore, <laughs> this is we are hope but you'll let you need to explain yourself. You need to explain what well, your response is to all of this scientific criticism is because mm-hmm. if you do it'd not be amazing do that, if he owned it and was like you know what yeah now i've been educated and i fucked up and i want to take it down you know what yeah I mean? or, or let's or, let's make a let, follow-up yeah because that's there was, not fair to say because he might actually be like no i disagree with it and these are my receipts in fair. which case i would yeah. listen i'm like let's have a conversation yeah like yes. let's actually address the criticism and- i'm like i need to see you address these criticisms because you were on the colbert show two weeks ago well, it's also interesting Talking because about this movie. Like, he went to a rally for Bernie and AOC, who are obviously like huge proponents of an environmental movement. And the and, Green New Deal. Yeah, and, and it's like, yeah. I'm curious, because obviously he sees himself as an ally to those movements in some ways, and the people who are aligned with them. So I'm curious what he's doing right now to see... Like, does he care about the legitimate criticisms? I'm sure he can say, he, he oh, there are, to. there are some that are illegitimate, whatever. Every, the, and that's what I want to know. Like, I even want to be like, what is, what's the point of view of this movie? Like, actually, just tell me, like, what did you want me to take away from it? What did you want the average mm-hmm. American to take away from it? What did you want the average, like, South American to take away from it? Like, I'm, I am genuinely curious when he sat down and watched this before he co-signed it. And went and promoted it all over the place. I just want to know like what he wanted people to take away. Because I'm mm-hmm. I am confused and it, the messaging isn't clear. And it is one thing that we we talked a little bit about this last night, and you were reading an interesting article that touched on the fact that like he has never been an environmentalist and that he gets to make this sort of huge moment blockbuster movie that gets seen by millions of people is like kind of frustrating. Think of even like so many articles I read are people who are like, I have been in this environmental movement for 30 years and understand that it's so complicated and nuanced Mm -hmm. and I'm not the one who's making this huge film. Like this guy who two years ago, like Michael Moore just decided he's going to help fund and give exposure to this movie. Cause it has, Oh, like a shocking revelation. And they're not scientists. They're yeah. not, they're not scientists. And the Jeff Gibbs guy too, like he really brushes over why he should be making this movie. He says he's an environmentalist. Cause when he was growing up, he put sand in the gas tank of a construction vehicle that was going to like, tear down a tree like it, it's a very specific anecdote about his life that is supposed to set up why he can make this movie and it's really like not compelling but when it, you say it in that context at the time it was like okay cool yeah i right. guess maybe you, you are like yeah, yeah but you're, he's not a scientist and i think that is like i still am going back to that list that you said about mm-hmm. how many people were interviewed that's so compelling and i just I don't even know. I think we probably just have to end this soon because at a certain point it's like it exists. Right. I think if you're curious, I I don't think it's worth watching if you are thinking about it. I mean, obviously if you want to watch it, I just would compel you to research more, listen to people who are scientists commenting on it. Uh, Hopefully you've listened to this podcast and have like a sense of the controversy that's out there and why it's received so much backlash. 
Uh, oh, but I, if I you're looking I, for a thing to watch, like I no, wouldn't, I wouldn't it's suggest really it depressing. At this point. It's like we were actually like, and it's a, not seats. a good. It's just actually it's not bad. a good documentary. His, he's a horrible narrator, <laughs> like and he doesn't even <laughs> interview the people he's criticizing. Like he doesn't give anyone a chance to speak and give the counterpoint. Yeah, it's actually just yeah. It is like from. So a, I mean, ultimately, it's, a bad it's not a very. Yeah. It has like a narrative. They're going for that zing of everything you thought was true is not. And that's the premise of the entire documentary. But it doesn't ever interview anyone of substance. And actually, like growing up thinking about when I first kind of realized like you could do this with documentaries was with Bowling for Columbine, Mm. which I obviously um, really have a specific stance like as a Canadian on like the NRA and think that like the gun issue in America is a huge issue. It is. And it's scary. And so like watching that movie, it's like, okay, it wasn't new information to me. It was just sort of like, you know, turning me on all the things I already agreed with. But at one point he goes to Canada and makes a point because he opens every single door in Canada and the, all the doors no are open. Their door. No one locks their doors. And I remember watching as a Canadian, like, <laughs> wait, like it was one of those moments where I was like, Oh, actually easily. He would have, yeah. he could have easily gone to a bunch of doors that were locked, mm-hmm. cut that footage and then cut to a bunch of doors that were open. Mm-hmm. Like I just had that moment as a kid. I remember it. How, and you, you're like supporting the ideals of it. So you're kind yeah. of have to, and you're young and you're like, I'm going to keep this quiet. quiet. Cause like, yeah. I, I want this narrative to be true. Mm-hmm. Even if I kind of know it's being manipulated and it's might be more true than in the States. Like there probably are parts of Canada where people in the country, like don't lock their doors. Yeah. But if you live in a city, like you're locking your doors. Yeah. <laughs> and I just think that that is something I'm like, who was this movie for? I think it was for people who already hated the environmental movement, who were trying to think of ways to stop solar, stop and wind. And like to just, it's, it's just like this. If you, if you don't, even if you think it's not at the stage right now where it, in, like renewable energy can take over the grid, for example, you would be blind to suggest it hasn't literally changed so much even in the last two years and come so far. So to think that there is no chance for it is just silly. Like the environmental movement, let alone just the technology, has advanced so much not to mention it's so exciting where things will be in another 10 years and we're in the middle of a pandemic not to mention the freedom that would happen if we all had like more localized smart energy grids that were based (laughs) on renewables do you know how important that would be right now okay i really want to i wish does anyone have michael moore's phone number like i would truly call him do you think we could get a hold of him somehow like maybe like youtube can help us connect to him or something well youtube is part of the issue because it's on youtube and it's not on any other that's i think that is a it is on some other platforms it's obviously nor sorry i can't remember the name of this organization that hosted it and remember they took it down but they re the they decided to re-put it back up because they believed that like the education and criticism of it was more important oh yeah but they took it down because they actually realized it was scientifically inaccurate yeah yeah and then the only reason they put it back up was because they were like this is actually important that people are able to to show what is so wrong about it um and then i did read some stuff that was like it's not like the idea that it's not on Netflix or Amazon or whatever because they're trying to hide the truth is actually it doesn't qualify for the amount of like stringent research that would be required to go on a platform like that. Are you serious? Is yeah. that is that true? I don't that was maybe someone's opinion piece, but it was like this conspiracy that all these other places wouldn't put it because it's like the powers that be are repressing it. Well, that's like the pandemic video. Like yeah, it's like, the oh, idea that no one else and it's like the YouTube. times are dark enough. But like, I, think it's a, I think it's a different conversation to say that it shouldn't be allowed to be posted anywhere. Sorry, that is a different me. thing. No, I no, I think I think maybe. we I think we can have 
a legitimate conversation in a different podcast about that. Um, But ultimately, it is important that we can criticize it. And hopefully, in the long term, it represents something that is a teaching moment for a lot of people, including us. Like, I watched it and was like, I can tell there's some weird things about this. But it took me to go research and and read scientists' opinions about it. That made me learn a lot more. Yeah, and so hopefully this process of people going through this and maybe being really angry at first, but then seeing the backlash and going, why are people (gasps) so mad? That would be art if Michael Moore's response was, and this was all to get people to take a deeper dive. (laughs) If he comes forward and says that, oh boy, my friend. Going to be very that might be his desperate last minute. Like, I gotta save my reputation. I know. At least, I mean, just like d- d- oh, do it. Okay. Man. We just spoon fed you your PR out of this, Michael Moore. Okay. And I know you're watching Michael Moore an yeah. hour in. And Thank what's your you phone for number? On. We want to talk to you. Why? Yeah, just put it in the uh, comments below. Let us know. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We'll and talk watching. to you next week when something's a bit more. Like, who well, knows? Why yeah. would we be positive? It's 2020. Oh, my God. We had okay. pandemic, 5G, this movie. Ugh. Hopefully something positive next week. Bye. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.